Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Hold Up, Let Me Explain. I'm your host, Nicole. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the five things I learned in fucked up relationships. Yes, you heard that right. And of course, after every lesson, I am going to share an experience with you so that you understand how I had to learn it the hard way. So hopefully this episode connects with you. Hopefully it, you know, allows you to give great advice to your friends or family who happen to be in a similar situation that I once once, (laughs) what? I once was in. So without further ado, let's get into it. So with the first lesson or with the first thing I want to get into is don't turn loyalty into captivity. Let me say that one more time. Don't turn loyalty into captivity. Now, let me explain. So remember on that uh, first episode I posted about the guy who slashed my tires because he was a raging alcoholic and a drug addict and just all around a great person context clue sarcasm yeah so at the time that I dated him obviously like I said just now he was an alcoholic and he was 29 at the time like 28 29 I was 21 22 actually no I was 22 and I remember just like he would always throw in my face how young I was and how naive I was and how I just didn't know life and all I cared about was going out and having fun and I wasn't connected to the real world because I was so delusional about my surroundings. He would, anytime he would go through like a really low, low and I would just kind of like throw in the towel and just be like, you know, I'm too young for this. You, you know, you have a lot going on. I don't really want to be a part of it. Or like, I'd try to like, you know, not deal with it. Cause you know, what the fuck I'm 22 years old. I shouldn't have to be dealing with like this raging alcoholic guy. And he would always say things to me like, Oh, you know, you just don't care. You know, you're just too young for me. Just be very manipulative and just kind of question my values as a person and how like I just didn't care and how I was selfish and just not loyal like I wasn't a ride or die and obviously at 22 years old I was really young I was young and as I should be I was drinking I was having fun with my friends as a 22 year old should do and because he just manipulated me into thinking that I had to stay with him I felt that I needed to to prove that I was loyal to him and that I actually did care about him because overall I did I I wanted him to be sober I wanted what was best for him I truly cared for him Uh, But he obviously knew how to manipulate me and throw things in my face. And therefore, I was soon stuck in this relationship because I didn't want to prove him wrong. I wanted to be loyal. I wanted to be there for him. And I wanted to show him that that I did truly care about him. And so when I say don't turn loyalty into captivity, don't stay in a situation or in a relationship because you want to prove everyone wrong or you want to prove the person that you're with wrong and show them and prove to them their, you know, your loyalty to them because it shouldn't have to be that way. Don't ever let some fucking idiot pressure you, manipulate you, or even force you to stick around for the bullshit. Okay. Just don't do it. So Don't turn loyalty into captivity. For the second lesson is, this one's my fucking favorite. 
is don't lower your expectations to accommodate another person's needs. Let <laughs> me one more time. Don't lower your expectations to accommodate another person's needs. <clears throat> so what I mean by that is don't lower your standards. Don't compromise your true wants just to make it more comfortable for the other person. Don't. Listen, when you're in a relationship, it's an, it's inevitable. You're going to have to make compromises. Compromises such as we had sushi three nights in a row. Fine. We'll have pasta tonight. Or fine. You got to pick the movie last time. I get to pick the movie this time. Compromise. On the surface, compromise. Now, if you're married with children, that's a whole other situation. We're talking about dating. We're talking about relationships, okay? You shouldn't have to compromise your true wants by a lot. And of course, let me get into it. Let me tell you a fucking story. So I dated this guy, right? And I kind of briefly mentioned him before. I didn't really get into the relationship overall, but I remember... I dated this guy and I liked him a lot. He was super different from any guy I've ever dated. And I really, at the time I was 21 and I wanted to do it different. You know, I didn't want it, I didn't want it to be this Netflix and chill situation. I wanted us to go on dates. I wanted to take it slow. I wanted it to be, you know, formal when he asked me to be his girlfriend. Like I wanted to do it right. And he followed the rules. He did everything. He did it to a T. He took me out on dates. You know, we took it slow. Um, and about a month in when we hooked up, it became official. He asked me to be his girlfriend. It was also romantic. But then after obviously getting together and it becoming official is when things started to kind of decline. He wasn't as romantic anymore. All of a sudden he rarely had anything to talk about. He was boring. He was broke. And when I say he was broke, allow me to explain a little bit more. We worked together. So we had the same job. We were both in school and we both had bills. Now, when I met him, he lived with his brother. And a month later after dating, he ended up moving in with some roommates. So I knew that his cost of living increased because obviously, you know, he wasn't living with family anymore, but we worked at the same place. So I knew what kind of income he had because I had the same. However, he never liked to work. He never worked more than he should have. And listen, by all means, that's your way of living. That's great. But at the time, I had more bills. I had gotten into a car payment. So I was paying a car payment, car insurance. I even ended up getting a second job. I was still going to school. I was still working at the same place I was working at with him. And his bills were not as much as mine. You see, he owned his car. His rent was kind of all included. Um, he lived by UCF. I lived in Kissimmee. So anytime I wanted to go see him, I would have to drive out almost an hour just to kind of spend the night or to spend time with him. So overall, when it came down to the spending, I was spending more, therefore working more. Yet he would have more days off than I did. He never picked up extra shifts. So when it came down to hanging out, he never had money. And the, as surprising as it may sound, back in the day, at least in my early 20s, I never wanted to jeopardize any relationship I was in. I was very passive. I was the one who compromised. I was the one who wanted to be the perfect girlfriend. I never really nagged. Like, 
for so for this guy to be as cheap as he was, I would always find alternatives for us to still have like a fun relationship. So I would be the one paying or I would, you know, be the one to say, oh, let's take a walk or let's go to the park, which is fine. You know, at the time I was very like, you know, but if we're in love, then it's enough and it's okay. But it w- it became this thing where like he always wanted to smoke weed with his friends and hang out at the house. I don't smoke weed. I don't do drugs. So when I would go to his house, I would just hang out in the living room while all of them played sport or I'm sorry, watched NBA sports or just ESPN sports on the couch smoking weed. And I would just like fucking sit there on my phone. Sometimes I'd bring a book. Sometimes I even would bring like like uh, crossword puzzles, like, you know, those crossword puzzle books that you buy at the pharmacy. Yeah, I had like three and I would just bring them over because in my little mind, back in my early 20s, for me, it was like, oh, but as long as we're spending time together, I love you, babe. We don't have to do anything. I could just sit here with you and that'll be enough for me. Honey, if I'm with a guy now who all he wants to do is smoke weed and watch TV and not think to do anything in my in this relationship, get the, you're a fucking bum, bro. You're a bum. Okay. I have more bills than you. We work at the same spot. You're always broke. You got more days off than I do. And you don't even want to pull a double or work an extra shift to have a little bit of extra money in your, in your account. Like you're not a hustler. Like you're not making money. Like, what are you doing? There's no motivation. He was lazy. He was lazy. But at the time I didn't see it that way because I just wanted to be, you know, like the the girlfriend who didn't rock the boat, who just wanted to accept you for who you were. which led to me just being in this boring ass relationship. And ironically, at the time, I thought I was the problem. I thought that I wasn't being fun enough. I thought that I wasn't being interesting enough when he wouldn't have things to talk about. So I would try to come up with topics for us to talk about, come up with like some like question games so that, you know, it would get him to open up more. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, Nicole, did he even like you? (laughs) Like, do you think that maybe he was just emotionally checked out? My friends, of course I did. I tried breaking up with this guy like three fucking different times. And guess what? Every time I did, he would be like, no, babe, I'm sorry. It's just, I've just been going through a lot. I'm just really stressed out. I really love you. I really love you. Like, please, like I'll get better. I promise. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. And the thing is, I was so deprived of like that, like that effort and that attention that anytime I would get it in those small moments, it was enough for me. It was enough. And I remember there was a time, there was like a moment, it was like a random like morning, like it was like during the week and we were at his house. Mind you, this was in my early twenties. So this was like, like years ago, obviously. And my boyfriend at the time was like, randomly, let's go to the movies. I want to see the new X-Men movie. Girl, when I tell you I was so fucking lit, I was so excited. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, you want to go to the movies? How spontaneous. Guys, I was so deprived of doing anything with this man that the moment he suggested to go to a matinee movie on a random Wednesday morning, I was like, oh my God, I was so fucking excited. But like in an embarrassing kind of way, 
Because listen, there are people out there that are okay with those little things. And that's fine. If my man were to come in right now and say, hey, babe, let's let's go catch a matinee. I'm going to be lit too. I'm going to still be lit. But the way that I was so excited about this very small gesture goes to show that like my expectations were so fucking low at this point that even that little moment was like amazing to me. This man had lowered my expectations so low that this little moment, okay, was like equivalent to a five-star dinner at a fucking rooftop bar. And if you're the kind of girl or the kind of guy that finds that just as exciting, stay in your lane. But for me, I knew what I wanted in a relationship because in the beginning of this relationship that I was in with this person, was like, we went on these awesome dates. And when I say awesome dates, no, we were not going to no Ritz Carlton rooftop bar. We weren't going to no Four Seasons Sky Bar Steakhouse. No, my friend. It was like, we would go to like the local Thai restaurant or we'd go mini golfing or we'd go bowling together or we'd go to the garden or we, you know, have a picnic. Like there were basic dates, but it was the effort. It was the romance. And I get it relationships sometimes they go through those knolls where it's like you know it's a little boring or it becomes a little like a routine but guys we didn't even make it into a year this was four months into this brand new relationship we should still be getting excited and doing fun things together it was it was like he got me and then that was it he was like I'm good now I don't have to try and he was like that with everything. So who he truly was did not become on the surface until after the fact, after we became official and we're dating like officially in a relationship. So yeah, I think after realizing how excited I was over something so standard and basic made me realize like, yo, like I have lowered my expectations so low for this person that like, this is a joke. This is a joke. And this is something that happened when I was like 21 years old. Now that I'm about to be 30, like, I'm not saying I have all of these extreme requirements to date me, but if you think I'm going to sit on a couch while you smoke weed and watch TV with your fucking roommates, now about to be 30, you're out of your fucking mind. (laughs) So yeah, guys, don't lower your expectations to accommodate another person's needs. Don't settle. Don't, don't settle. Okay. Just don't fucking settle. Can't stress that enough. So for the next thing I learned, sorry for the dramatic pause. So for the next thing I learned in a fucked up relationship is don't ever prove your worth to someone. Okay, let me explain. And when, and when I say don't, don't ever prove your worth to someone, I'm not, I don't mean like, oh, you know, the moment you have to prove your worth to someone is the moment that you don't see the true value in yourself. No, 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 no. This is going a little bit beyond that. Okay. We're thinking bigger, bigger than that. Okay. So let me explain. When I was 19 years old, I dated this guy and he, he and I went to the same high school together, but we didn't get together until after we had graduated. And he was known to come from money. And what's ironic is that he, his family had money, like his parents, his father per se, he came from a foreign country. So he didn't have, um, like a social security number to actually work. So whatever income he would ever get was through his dad, right? 
He didn't have a job. Um, he he had money. I mean, he wasn't like rich. I mean, I'm not talking about like he was like the Duke of Orlando. <laughs> not that there's any such thing. You know, he didn't come, he didn't have like a trust fund or anything. He wasn't like that. Um, but you know, he was known to have a lot of money. That's not why I got with him. He was very cute. He was super tall. Um, I'm not going to like sweat him now. He's not as cute now. Um, but at the time I was very attracted to him. And I already, and even when we were getting to know each other, we did random things. Like we would take long drives. We would, you know, go to random places together. But what's funny is that although he was known to have money, he was actually kind of going broke. And <laughs> that's a little bit of a sensitive topic because anytime I would kind of bring that up to him, he'd be like, we're not going broke. Our money is just on hold. Because the thing is, his father did business outside of America. So apparently the country he was from, they weren't able to gain access through their money. They had it, but they couldn't withdraw it. Apparently the country they're from, the government's very corrupt. So here in America, although they had money, kind of, they were sort of running out of it. So when I met him, he had about like seven cars. And I'm not talking about little Toyota Corollas. No, I'm talking Hummer, Infiniti, Mercedes, Beamers. Like they had nice fucking cars. And I think a few months into dating, he they were down to like two cars. One of them was his because it was a graduation gift. So they obviously, they were, they obviously they weren't going to like sell it back to the dealership. But it was like that. And when I say this, it's not to throw him under the bus or his family. But this is why it bothers me. Because he didn't have money, during our relationship, I paid for everything. Everything. And that was okay. I was 19. I was feeling independent. I had bought in my car. I had bought my car. I was making money. I was a server. Um, you know, I was still living at home. I wasn't really paying rent. So all the money I made was for me to spend. So you can imagine, you know, I felt like a boss bitch, you know, like, yeah, I got the check. I'll pay for this. I'll pay for that. And it was ironic because, you know, here I am dating this guy who was known to have money yet technically didn't have any. And, you know, when you're 19 and you're in love, it doesn't matter. And it shouldn't matter. This is where it did fucking matter. When I met his family, when I met his father, I think the questions his father kept asking me was like, what did my parents do for a living? Where, like, where did I go to school? Like, which is fine. You know, he was getting to know me. But after meeting his father, about a few weeks later, I learned that his father didn't like me. According to his father... He felt that his son could do better in a social status kind of way. Oh, she's very nice, but you should date someone more in your social class, not someone going to a community college whose parents don't make real money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, this is fucking true life. And it was so aggressive, the reason why his father didn't like me, so the boyfriend I had at the time, this, you know, obviously the guy I'm talking about, he lived between here, Orlando and Boston. That's where his family ended up moving to after they, all the kids graduated. He had like two other sisters. So they moved to Boston and that's also where he went to college. Now him and I did long distance relationship for the majority of our two year relationship, but there were times where he would just kind of come down to Florida and we would spend time together. 
Now, because I was 19 at the time, you know, living at home, my mom had this rule where it was like no boys were allowed to spend the night, which is fine, which is pretty, you know, standard, typical. So whenever he would come down to Florida and stay at his house, I would always spend the night at his house. Because his father didn't like me, I was not allowed inside of the house, which meant that if I wanted to spend time with my boyfriend, I would have to sleep in the guest house. Now, again, when you're a teenager and you're claiming your independence and you're outside of high school and you know you, you're working and you have a boyfriend and it's long distance, you're feeling grown, you don't care <laughs> where you sleep, where you have sex, where you do things. I'm 19. He's 19, you know? If your dad says I can spend the night, but it's only at the guest house, and you know what? Fuck it. We'll we'll settle for that. And at the time it was okay. But where it became not okay was when his family would come down altogether. I was not allowed to have dinner with them inside the house. I remember there was a time where me and my boyfriend, we went to Universal and his mom came to pick us up. And I had a headache. I suffer from headaches. And I had a really bad migraine. And he had told her about it. And so when we arrived at the house, she she had cooked already earlier that day. So she served me food, gave me Advil. But yeah, you guessed it. I ate dinner and all of that by the pool outside of the house. So even in a moment where I had like a raging headache and I wasn't feeling well, I still wasn't even allowed in the house. And so when I mean by don't prove your worth to someone, at the time, I wanted to prove to his family that I was worth it, that I was worth their son being with. So I sort of allowed this form of disrespect just to prove to them that I was with him for love and not, you know, because I'm like trying to find a fucking meal ticket, which again, guys... How ironic. They were going broke. They had no fucking money. Yeah, they had money that they technically didn't have access to, but it's like, bro, who do you think is paying for Universal? Who do you who do you think is paying the fucking gas that I'm killing in my car that I occasionally let him drive? Like, are you serious right now? Like, you should be with someone of more social class. You should be with someone who is at the same caliber as you. Yo, fuck you, bro. Like, that shouldn't have to be it. But at the time, 19 years old, I was like, no, I want to prove to them that, you know, that I work hard, that I don't care what his social status is because I love him. And, and I just, I wanted to prove my worth to that. I wanted to prove my worth to them. And in the end, it went nowhere. It was two years of this subtle disrespect and it got to me. And the thing is, I, even though this bothered me and my boyfriend at the time knew that it bothered me, we never let it get in between our relationship, we didn't work out for other reasons. Um, other reasons I'm not going to talk about. Nobody cheated. You know, we did fight. Um, the long distance did get um, to us at some point, but because I either traveled to Boston or he would come down to Florida often, it never really—it was never really a factor, uh, believe it or not. But um, Right towards the end where like there started to become like a real strain in the relationship, I eventually told my mom what was going on. And when my mom found out that I wasn't even allowed in the house under almost every fucking circumstance, she was like, okay, he could spend the night. If he's going to come down to uh, Florida, you know, he could spend the night here, you know, like don't get crazy, you know, like you still live under my roof. 
Um, but I would rather him spend the night than you go over there. And so I, so then he started spending the night whenever he would come to visit. And yeah. And even when I would go to Boston, I would stay in a hotel. Yeah. I, even then I still wasn't even allowed, like they never invited me to dinner. They never invited me over. They knew I stood at a hotel. It was like that, you know, but when you're 19 and you're making, you know, money and, you know, as much as a 19 year old would feel is a lot, you kind of just, you know, you're just like, oh, you know, whatever, fuck it. And again, it was just me trying to prove my worth to the family to show them that it didn't matter because I still cared about him. And it eventually never mattered because we never worked out. Um, I don't even know what kind of life he lives right now. I totally fell off with that. But yeah, don't, my God, don't ever, don't ever prove your worth to someone because in some way by you doing that, you're disrespecting yourself and just stay away from that. For the fourth lesson I learned in fucked up relationships is reflect, but don't dwell. This is pretty self-explanatory. I would have this habit that anytime, and you know, and it's not for me to sound like a hoe, but I clearly dated a lot. And every time I go through a breakup, it paralyzes me. Like it turns me inside out. Like when I tell you I cry, I, I'm so hard on myself. I put myself down. Like I, I abuse myself to the point when I break, when I go through breakups that it's like, I, I get sick. Like I get really bad and I dwell and it's just, it's not healthy, you know? So it's not for me to like get into a lot. Um, cause some of it could be a little bit triggering for me, which I want to stay away from. Uh, but, uh, I'm not going to get into it too much. You already know. Reflect, but don't dwell. And for the last lesson is this. I left the best for last. The last lesson I learned in fucked up relationships is you'll leave when you're ready. Let me say that again. You'll leave when you're ready. And it's not to enable you, but it's just so that you take, so just that you're easier on yourself. Because this is the thing. In every fucked up relationship I've ever been in, I always found myself being in a worse one because I left when I wasn't ready. And you'll probably notice my timeline in these weird relationships. Cause I'll say, Oh, I was 22. Oh, I was 23. Oh, I was 21. Oh, I was 18. I was 19. But if I were to sit down and write a timeline and really write down the different relationships I found myself in, I can honestly say that after every relationship I was in, the next one was worse than the one before. And thinking back now, I mean, I, in some degree, did leave when I was ready or I left before I was ready, you know, like dating that guy that slashed my tires. I think I left on time, but yet late, but maybe early enough before I was ready because there were moments even after that breakup where I still missed him. But 
the anger and the fear over outweighed my nostalgia for him. Um, but even still, I found myself in still weird situationships even after that because it was hard for me to even trust myself or trust my judgment in other people because I would meet these guys and I would only see what was best or see the best versions of themselves, which is pretty typical. I mean, when you think about it, when you date somebody, you know, you're only going to see their, their, the best versions of themselves because that's what they're putting up as a front. But one thing I learned about myself and also in just my friends in general, it's, you know how like when you have friends and they're in fucked up relationships and you, and you could just tell them advice till you're blue in the face and then they just still go back. Don't be mean to your friends. Be patient with them. It's not to enable them, but you have to understand that you're not going to leave until you're ready. Because if you leave before you're ready, you're going to find yourself in an even worse situation. And at that point, it's going to be harder to leave then because now it's going to be, well, there's nowhere else to turn to, or there's no one else who's going to want me, or there's no one else I see myself with. This is it. This is, this is as good as it's going to get. It shouldn't have to be that way. No one should ever think that way. I could literally go on a tangent and convince you why you should not ever think that way, but I'm not doing that because the truth is, Whenever you're with a narcissist, a manipulator, or any kind of person, unfortunately, it's a really toxic cycle and it's really hard to get out of it. And as long as you're able to understand your situation and know what's wrong, whether you're going through therapy or whether you're getting advice from your friends who are telling you other things or trying to see, make you understand or see your relationship for what it truly is. You're not going to do the, you're not going to leave. You're not going to approach it. You're not going to make the change until you are ready for it. And I am here to tell you that that is also okay. Obviously there are other circumstances that don't make it okay. Like if you're with a drug addict and you're experimenting with drugs, or if you're abused emotionally or physically, then, you know, you're going to have to leave because leaving when you're ready, maybe never. And those are the situations that get kind of tricky. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you're dating the person that you know you shouldn't be with, but you're still with them. I'm just here to tell you, you'll leave when you're ready. And that's okay. Because like I said already, sometimes when you leave before you're ready, you end up in a worse situation. And then it gets a thousand times more harder. And if you're in that situation, please reach out to me and talk to me because there's a lot of things I don't share and, and it's only because I'm not ready to, but just reach out if you ever feel alone. So just know you're not and be easy on yourself and it's going to be okay. And that is all for my episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know I missed last week's episode. The episode I recorded before then is such a powerful episode, but it's so long and I've been procrastinating on editing it, but I promise it's coming to you soon. It has to do with astrology. I'm really excited for y'all to listen to it, but got to give me some time. Mama's busy. I love you all. Thanks again for listening in. Be safe and I'll see you next time.